everybody. Happy Monday. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Mailbox Monday. It's episode number 653. And today I'm going to be answering a question I get a lot from Kinsley. Kinsley, this is for you. We are going to be talking about the differences between men and women, between boys and girls, and kind of what's going on in the culture and how we can help encourage our children to embrace the gender that they've been born with. So if you're wondering if you've got uh, this question coming up in your home or you've heard it in your churches or out in the culture, stick around. I think you're gonna be encouraged. All right, so it's Monday. Moment of silence. I am uh, I, I am just, I'm always amazed at how quickly we move toward <laughs> toward September. September birth's coming up this Saturday. Uh, my war on the yellow jackets is continuing. I want to say thank you to everybody who has been uh, sending me their great ideas. I actually got the best idea ever from my friend John Dunnigan. John and Ann saw my Instagram stories and the hundreds of bazillions of yellow jackets that were trained to kill. My kids have been stung multiple times. My grandson was stung on his face last week and I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm gonna kill the yellow jackets. <laughs> so I hung traps up uh, literally all over the house, I all over the yard. I did uh, homemade traps. I bought traps at Fred Meyer. And I finally heard from John Dunnigan, who has a solution to get to the nest. So I will keep you posted because that is my goal in life this week is to get to the nest of the yellow jackets, wherever they may be, and rid my yard of them. <laughs> so, you know, I have pretty, pretty basic, pretty basic goals. Uh, this is uh, obviously we're coming into the new school year. And this is the day that I love to answer questions from you guys. If this podcast is an encouragement to you, there are two ways that you can really help us. Uh, the first way is to leave a review, rate the podcast over at iTunes. I would love it if you would uh, review and rate Becoming MomStrong anywhere books are sold. You can do that on Amazon, obviously at Goodreads. You can do it at Barnes & Noble. And uh, the next way that you can help us is by subscribing to the Bible study series at MomStrong International. It's a great way for you to support this ministry and also a fantastic opportunity for you to grow in relationship uh, with the Lord. Something really exciting just happened uh when in my family, my brand new book, Prayers for the Battlefield, it's beautiful. It The cover is purple. The arrows on it are gold. Uh, Prayers for the Battlefield, Staying Mom Strong in the Fight for Your Family and Faith uh, is getting ready to be released. If you have not pre-ordered that book, now is the time to do it. A lot of people don't know this, but the pre-order period for books is really important because that helps retailers to determine how many books they're going to order and what they think the sales might be in their store. So I hope you guys uh, will help me get the word out about Prayers for the Battlefield. I am so excited about this. I've been telling uh, anybody who asks me that this is a handbook for battle. It's a handbook for war. And uh, I dedicated it to the memory of my grandmother. Uh, and I said this at the beginning of the book, to the memory of my grandmother, Eunice, whose fierce love for God's word and dedication to passing that love on to her grandchildren is still bearing fruit today. And to every mother who prays that someday the same will be said of her. Take courage. The battle is the Lord's. Prayers for the battlefield has been, has been divided into sections. Uh, each section has 
something to do with the battle that we are engaged in right now uh, in the culture. The first section is called On to the Battlefield. Um, I'm talking to particularly the reluctant warrior, the mom who feels burdened, the mom who feels overwhelmed, the mom who needs supernatural strength and courage, um, and the mom who wants to set a good example. The second section really focuses on how our children are God's arrows. And so I talk about Archery 101, the prayer for the mom who's scared to let go. Uh, And that whole section really is going to focus on your children. Section three focuses on wisdom, the kind of wisdom that you need uh, to be on the battlefield and be uh, successful and be victorious. Section four is weapons for the battlefield. Oh, my goodness. Uh, One of my favorite sections to write about. Um, And then section five is for the weary warrior Uh, a mom who's been blindsided, who's facing the unexpected. Uh, This is a section that I deal with parents uh, who are struggling with a prodigal child, parents who are worried, parents who uh, have feel like the battle has been lost. And then finally, section six is beyond the battlefield. So talking about uh, multi-generational parenting, talking about perseverance, staying in there, shepherding like Jesus, uh, keeping your life and your heart free from bitterness and continuing to pray that God would show you truth. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today at the podcast. Uh, I've been, I get questions, of course, every week, and I would love to hear from you. You can email me directly, podcast at thebusymom.com. If you have a question that you would like to see addressed here at the podcast, uh, please put Mailbox Monday in the subject line so it goes into that mailbox. And my staff goes through it, and we help. Uh, every week we talk about uh, what, what questions we're going to address. And I usually will choose the questions that seem like they're um, hitting you guys where you are and kind of what you're struggling with right now. So this one comes from Kinsley. She says, Heidi, I'm so thankful for all you have done in following the Spirit's lead in your podcast and your book. You have encouraged me to be mom strong for my four boys and the generations to come. Kinsley, I'm so glad that uh, that it's blessing you. It really has been the cry of my heart to help mothers get off the bench and onto the battlefield and to recognize that what you're doing is going to have an impact, not just for you, not just for your children, but for your children and for your children's children. The Bible says in Psalm 78 that we have influence over four generations. Uh, Kinsley went on to say, I have noticed an alarming rate of both churches and unchurched parents of girls who egg their girls on to, quote, show the boys who's boss or, quote, show these boys how it's done, et cetera, et cetera. She says, as a mom of boys, I am raising my boys to love the Lord and to love those around them and to protect women and children and fight for them. Kinsley, thank you. Uh, thank you for doing that. I wish that more uh, parents were doing that now. And obviously the way that we were turning the gender roles upside down and backward and getting rid of them and everything, it's hurting the culture and you're doing exactly what God would have you to do. So she goes on to say, when I hear these comments from parents, especially Christian parents, I am so disheartened. Why are we teaching little girls to show up the boys? Must we put the boys down and the men of our generations to encourage the girls and women? Uh, what does the Bible say about men and women and how they help one another? So we're, I'm going to talk about that a little bit today because I believe that God wants us to embrace our differences. He's created us different. The Bible says in Genesis that he created us male and female in his image, and there is a distinct and clear difference 
uh, in how men and women have been designed. And honestly, you guys, every branch of science from neuroscience to anthropology confirms something that the Bible has laid out all along. There's a wonderful book by Shanti Feldman. I will link back to it. I'm, I'm going to quote from it in the in, uh, today several times. That was released in 2011, and I wish it was being released right now because it's so... Um, is just so appropriate for what we're going through right now. And so uh, Shanti Feldman and Robert Lewis's book, The Life-Ready Woman, this is uh, based out of out of there, at least this first part I'm going to read to you this. It says, of course, we believe that these differences are good and they're for a reason. God has an intended framework for what a man should be and for what a woman should be. And every part of our identities will be affected by how we live out that design. So obviously, when we move away from God's design, then suffering is the sure result, right? That's that's always the case. I had a woman come by the Homeschool Resource Center the other day. She's been a public school teacher uh, in the Portland, Oregon area for 35 years, and she is retiring after 35 years in the public school system, and she literally stood in the Homeschool Resource Center with tears running down her face saying that she is so sad to see what the adults are doing to the children, teaching them that their gender is fluid. We're teaching the our young girls to be feminists. Uh, I'll link back to in the show notes today, I did a podcast some time ago called Why I Am Not a Feminist. Um, I don't believe in the modern feminist movement. I think it's hurting women. I think it's obviously it's hurting uh, our boys in this ridiculous attempt to emasculate them and to feminize them. And it troubles me because we, we're, we're made to be different. I mean, I don't know about you women who are listening to this, but I appreciate the fact that my husband is different than me. I have different strengths than he does. He has different strengths than I do. He is physically stronger than I am absolutely. Um, and I depend on him for protection and for encouragement. And um, I I bless the fact that God made him physically stronger than me. It is a scientific fact that men and women are different. We're different, um, obviously, anatomically. We're different emotionally. We're different physically. Do we have things in common? Absolutely. But I think we should be celebrating our differences. And we learn in Genesis, this is back from uh, Shanti's book again, we learn in Genesis that all of the things that God created, of all the things that God created, none is more meaningful than humanity. Men and women stand as equals at the apex of God's created order. In Genesis 1.27, we read, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Here we learn that women and men were designed to reflect God's image over the rest of creation. But just as important is what lies at the heart of this design. Of all things, it is gender, male and female. The thing we must first decide is whether we're going to believe this central tenet. And so really, this is what it comes down to. What you see is the church walking away from God's created order, walking away from God's design. And so we need to decide as Christians, do we believe it or not? Do we believe God's truth or do we not? This is a central tenet of the Bible. And Shanti goes on to say, this is a crucial first turn in the maze, the divide for living life. Did God create a special and is one's gender purposeful or are we all merely a product of random chance? Our decision here has huge ramifications for how we proceed in life and view masculinity and femininity. And of course, you can choose to believe that everything exists by pure accident and nothing has a fixed purpose. And if that's the case, then you are left to create your own definition of manhood and womanhood. And certainly 
That's what we're seeing in the culture right now. We are seeing a culture that is creating its own definition of manhood and womanhood. But if we believe that God has created the universe as Genesis said he did, uh, then we've got to find ourselves embracing the breathtaking dignity and fixed meaning to our lives and as women to our womanhood. The Bible says that we are purposeful, designed, intentional, and that God has put us here because he is out to achieve something in the gender he wrapped you in. And the same is true for our men. I've been encouraging uh, the the women and men who write to me at the podcast. I get this question all the time. I get it everywhere that uh, I can be reached on the internet. And uh, I'm always saying it. it just, I am so brokenhearted to see that we have so many parents who are um, encouraging their children away from the beautiful package that God has delivered them to their parents in, the meaning that package of male and female, we are different. I had a mom send me um, an image the other day. I can't remember where I got this. It might've been Facebook uh, or maybe it was an email, but she sent me uh, a series of board books that she saw at her local library called Feminist Baby. I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, uh, but it's it's sad to me. I mean, if it, if it wasn't if it wasn't uh, so sad, it would just be laughable. But the truth is, uh, it's very much a push in the culture uh, to say, "Hey, um, women need to find their voice." And so she also sent me this thing called the Little Feminist Board Book Set, which you can uh, you can get at Target. But I thought, oh my goodness. Um, it's it's just we're we're going to see incredible uh, ramifications from this in the years to come. Listen to the definition of feminist baby. Feminist baby likes pink and blue. Sometimes she'll throw up on you. Feminist baby chooses what to wear, and if you don't like it, she doesn't care. Meet the impressible feminist baby in this refreshing, clever board book about a girl who's not afraid to do her own thing and wants to make as much noise as possible along the way. Holy cow. Um, I don't want my kids not to care if I say you you don't wear that. I don't want you to wear that. Um, I, I want them to be confident. And if they wear something that's not matching, then fine. But we should care about the preciousness of other people. Um, this is ridiculous. Feminist baby likes pink and blue. Sometimes she'll throw up on you. Um, I'm thinking of all the grown-up feminists I know that that have that same attitude. Uh, this is an attitude that goes against what God says that we are supposed to be doing um, as people who uh, claim the name of Jesus. And so this is not about finding your voice. It's not about um, it's not about you know making as much noise as you can along the way. It's about being who God called you to be and pleasing the Lord with the way that you live your life. And as we talk about the differences between um, men and women, I just want to encourage you, those of you who are raising boys, oh my goodness, your boys need to hear that they are that they were born a special and they were born di- different, and that women do need them. <laughs> we do need them. Uh, this idea that somehow women are as strong as men is ridiculous. It's not true. It's not true at all. And so I want to just encourage you to encourage your children to embrace who God has made them to be. And they do that really by you telling them God made you special. And actually, uh, I am in the process right now of coming up with um, 
books for parents to talk about the beautiful design that God has given our children. And they come to us exactly how God intended for them to come. And he wants us uh, to embrace the idea of biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. Focus on the Family has an article out, and I will link back to it today. Um, And I'll quote for just a, a second from there. It says, the distinction between male and female is very real and very deeply rooted in human nature and human physiology. What's more, research indicates that it's universal from culture to culture and that it finds its expression in almost every area of life. This idea, of course, fundamental to the biblical view of mankind is that we have been created in the image of God, male and female. And the implication is clear. The distinction between the sexes is not only basic to human nature, it's uniquely reflective of the divine. And in some way that we cannot fully grasp, it presents us with a visible image or a picture of the unseen triune creator. To this last thought, we should add that while the Bible does underscore the importance of the male-female dichotomy, and while it does represent this dichotomy as being fundamental to human nature and offers us basic principles, it does not give an itemized description of maleness and femaleness, nor does it tell us exactly how this distinction is supposed to be played out in the many details of everyday life. For that, we have to look to God's design and creation and try to draw some conclusions on the basis of our observations there. And uh, that's certainly what we're doing right now. Uh, and they they go on to note something that's really interesting. A male's orientation toward life tends to be outward, explorative. Every boy and every man is on a quest. He discovers his identity, quote, out there in a world where he senses his larger purpose and destiny lie. Uh, I think this is certainly true of my boys as they've uh, grown older and graduated from high school. I'm watching them with this just an eight uh, desire to get out there and uh, and do and explore and be and go where God wants them to go. Uh, I told a friend of mine the other day, she's struggling with boys. She has, I think, four boys, and we were talking about some of the struggles she's having. And uh, I said, you know, I, I think it's kind of the I think it's kind of the the goal of every teenage boy to emotionally kill his mother. <laughs> now, don't get mad. Don't send me emails. Uh, for those of you who've had teenage boys, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And for those of you who your your oldest boy is four years old, you're like, I can't believe she just said that. Trust me, you'll reach a point when you understand what I'm saying. And the reason I'm saying it is not because they're actually trying to kill you. It's because they weren't born to live under your wings for the rest of their life. They were born to be leaders and providers for their own homes and their own families. And there, there is a tearing away that happens. And it is hard and it is painful, but it's necessary. Um, and it's part of God's design, all right? And men are born, they most of them that I know, initiators. I love that folks in the family said this. They said, all of this presumes a certain willingness and ability to take the bull by the horns and make things happen. So obviously, uh, this suggests that leadership, while not necessarily an exclusive male prerogative, is nevertheless more deeply rooted in the nature of men and boys. Now, some of these I would disagree with because I know some women uh, myself included, who are probably, uh, for for whatever reason, God has gifted me and called me to be a leader in almost every situation that I find myself in, I tend to take a leadership role. So uh, there are places in our lives, I think, where male and female obviously are um, intertwined, and that's okay. And this is where kind of lately we've been saying, you know, girls, show the boys how you can do it. Why do we have to do that? Why, why is this so necessary? Why are we having, why do we have to um, emasculate the boys to show that we can lead in certain areas of life? 
Why do we have to why do we have to put down the males in order to elevate the females? This is how you know that this is absolutely not from the Lord. I told you guys uh, a while ago that I saw a um uh, a woman walking through the Portland airport. I I could go to the Portland airport and just sit all day long and people watch because it's so much fun. And uh, watch interactions that people have. But I've seen a lot of t-shirts lately that say the future is feminine. And I just want to say are you crazy? That's crazy. If the future is feminine, then there is no future because we need we need the men to procreate. You know, we don't uh, we don't replicate ourselves. We need each other, and so this idea of femininity and uh, I mean I mean this idea rather of feminism, I think really is hurting us. It's hurting us in a lot of different ways. I actually looked up the definition of feminism. And it was interesting to me uh, because they don't talk about what feminism has actually turned into. Uh, feminism now is very much uh, anti-men. At least that's what I have seen. Well, that's what I see. But if you just were to Google the definition of, of feminism, they'll say that just feminism is just all about uh, you know women having their voices heard. And in fact, the dictionary, the very, the very first thing out of 182 million results. The very first definition of feminism that you see on Google is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. Okay, so you know what? I can actually, I can hang with you on that. I can say, yes, of course. Um, God says that we're different, but we're equal. He loves us the same. We have different roles. Um, and so I can totally get it, but I'm telling you what, we, we've gone from advocating for uh, women's rights, which I would advocate for. I mean, certainly in many, many parts of the world, women are treated as second-class citizens. In many places, they can't drive. They can't be seen without a man. They're oftentimes beaten, sold even as uh, pieces of like pieces of cattle. And clearly that's wrong. But here in the United States, of course, oh, we got to take it one step further and swing the pendulum so hard the other way that our answer to feminism is to emasculate uh, the men, which is completely wrong. And it is uh, it is absolutely outside of the scope of God's heart for us as male and female. So if you research it, there's some wonderful things uh, that you can read. I love um, men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. If you ever get a chance uh, to to check that out, you definitely should, because it's obvious that God made us different. And I just want to encourage you, uh, you know, women, if you have uh, mothers or fathers, if you have daughters and they love to play with trucks and they love to climb trees, that's okay. Um, I did that when I was a little girl and nobody ever said to me, you know what, Heidi, I saw you up in a tree with your brother last week. I wonder if you might be a boy on the inside. No one ever did that to me. And I guarantee you, if they would have, I would have been terribly confused. And I would have, I think uh, it would have hurt my self-esteem, but because my parents let me ride horses and play in mud puddles and dress up when I wanted to and play with matchbox cars and never once did they question my gender, I grew into the woman that God designed me to be. And that's what we want to do. So we, I, I want to encourage you, all of you who are listening away from a place of accepting radical feminism as something that we should just live with and encourage you, Kinsley, in what you're doing to tell your young boys to teach them to love and honor and protect women 
And mothers, we should be teaching our daughters to respect and honor men. We honor and respect each other as different yet equal. And this is God's heart for us. So I hope that helps you guys. I will link back to, there's several really good articles about this on the internet right now and some really great books that have been written on the subject as well. Um, but I wanna just encourage you uh, to to uh, disregard the absolute nonsense and junk science and patently false, quote, science that is telling us that men and women are interchangeable, that the sexes are interchangeable. It is a lie from the pit of hell. We know that because the Bible says that it's a lie. And our brains are different. Our bodies are different. We are different. And instead of trying to make us the same, let's embrace our differences. I hope you guys have been encouraged by the podcast today. If you are encouraged, it would bless us tremendously if you would share this podcast on social media, if you would leave a review for it, if you would rate it, that helps us. Uh, We would love it if you would support um, this ministry. Uh, The Heidi St. John podcast is... um, is funded really through the support of Firmly Planted Family, which is the nonprofit organization that my husband and I founded nearly 15 years ago. And you can reach us or send support to us at 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Again, if you're in the Portland, Vancouver area, we have opened a homeschool resource center that's there full time. You can find that at Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center. Just look for us on Facebook or online. We are registering for classes right now. I hope you guys have a fantastic Monday. As always, if you have a question you would like addressed at Mailbox Monday, you can shoot me an email anytime, podcast at thebusymom.com. Hope you guys have a great day. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.